What is up, guys, and welcome to the special preview episode of Guarani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me as always are my three great co-hosts, Perico Perez, Ralph Hanna, and Maria Britos. And guys, here we are, here we are with, again, another qualifier process for 2026, right here in our home soil, right in our backyard for the United States, Mexico, and Canada as Paraguay look to qualify back to a World Cup for the first time in 16 years. Here we are as we start yet again another qualifying process, this time in against Paraguay, against Peru. And what better way to preview it than with Renato Vichez? Obviously a big game happening over there in Ciudad Este, and I'm happy to have someone that will be able to give a perspective about Peru. We had him last time during the qualifying process for Qatar. Here we are yet again for the three countries that are going to be hosting. I don't want to say the entire way, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, obviously, let's go to Renato first here. First of all, thank you again for coming on. And first of all, for some people that maybe haven't listened to the last episode that we had you on and those that are new, can you just tell a little bit about yourself and your connection to Peruvian soccer? <laughs> Definitely. So it's been a while since I've been on this like cast, but in case you guys don't know, um, my name is Renato. I'm, I'm from New Jersey, but my, my parents are both, both sides are actually from Lima, Peru. Always been a fan of Peruvian football. Uh, my main team in Peru is actually Sporting Cristal, but of course, I also love like the Peruvian national team. And he's been a huge follower since like I believe around 2006 or or by that around that point. You can fear some ups, some downs, but no matter what, it doesn't take away my love for the team. Awesome, Renato. It's nice to have you back after a while, even though you know we've seen a lot of Peru lately. I think our last official match was actually against Peru. It's been a while since Paraguay has some uh, official games. We've actually been playing friendlies, getting ready, a lot of practices. But, you know, people here in Paraguay are really looking forward to this game against Peru. We're taking Peru to Ciudad Leste. We're taking you guys out of Asuncion. We got you surrounded like we got you on this podcast with the Paraguay jerseys because we want to win this game. But I, I want to know what, you, what you're thinking, Renato, about your team especially because Gareca is out. It looks like a new era with a new coach. What do you think the strategy is going to be in particular for this game, especially because you guys are starting the journey away? Do you think it's going to be a defensive team from Peru? Or do you think Peru is going to try to win it here from the get-go? Because lately, against us, you guys have won. Well, it's right now, considering that this is going to be the start of a new cycle in like the qualifiers. Um, as many of you know, Ricardo Gareca is no longer the coach of the Peruvian national team. Um, it's now Juan Reynoso, who... As I'd say right now is the most qualified Peruvian manager out there. It's actually, I think, but Peru is actually the, one of the only two countries in Gomiobo right now to have like our, their, their manager at, from the same country along with Scaloni from Argentina. But right, right now with Juan Reynoso, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like there are times where I can see where his vision of the game could work, especially with trying to be more defensive. But then at times I do feel like he could hold the Peruvian players a little back offensively, which can be a little like scary to think about considering that the a Peruvian players usually known for being technically gifted and also like if put a, if like if deployed right they could also be like well on the offense. But I do think um in terms of how this match against Paraguay is gonna go, um first you gotta think of Peru's like track record of against Paraguay for recent. I think for them, at least for the last 10 years, like if there's an opponent that Peru has always usually like found a way against them, against this Paraguay, I believe like 
if that last, I think it's actually been all ages since the last time Paraguay has defeated um, or I think maybe probably perhaps a decade ago, or maybe, oh, so it was ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've seen a Peruvian like defeat versus Paraguay, but I I do think there could be a great chance of confidence of Juan Reynoso to to at least achieve a victory in Paraguay's. Um, I will say though that. At the same time, like it's also kind of like he's coming from like just a recent heavy defeat, albeit a friendly versus Japan, which is, was a four-one defeat, which is definitely not the bright spot. But he also, at the same time, before that, was also coming off a win against South Korea. I believe it was one nil, but it was still like a, a the, like a win of confidence. So, as I said, like currently a mixed bag right now in terms of Juan Reynoso, but it's more of a wait and see. And what and then this first half of the qualifiers will be detrimental to see how it goes for him. Awesome. Uh thank you, Renato, again for uh joining us. And um it, th this game is probably, you know, um one of the I, I guess one of our toughest opponents uh for Paraguay. Uh Peru, you know, has always given us um, you know, kind of like a hard time. Um, and, you know, for you guys, you know, you'll be facing Brazil, uh, in the second game. Um, how do you think you guys will take this, um, the, the Paraguay, you know, as your first game, um, do you guys consider us a strong opponent as well as we do, or, or, you know, you're more focused on, you think you, they'll be more focused on, on Brazil. But the way I see it, I always said it to many people that, for Peru, when it comes to Peru's direct rivals, it's usually going to be Chile, Ecuador, Bolivia. And I argue Paraguay is the, probably perhaps the most because, like, Peru is that's where Peru usually, like, have their most of their wins against. But the, the start against Paraguay away, it could be to give us a hope, big hope of confidence considering the track record. But also at the same time, we like Peru also has, like, a home match against Brazil to worry about in. Well, Peru will be at home. You got to also remember this is Brazil we're talking about. And Brazil, no matter, even at their worst, they're always going to find a way like, to, to steal points or no matter what. So I do think that Juan Reynoso is not prioritizing one match or the other because I think if a lot, when Gareca did that, it kind of backfired, especially during the first half of the, of the last qualifiers. And if you guys you know if you guys may know Peru did not start well in the first half of the last qualifiers. In fact, I think many could agree that it was a miracle that they even made it to the playoffs of Qatar, which sadly sadly they couldn't do it against Australia. But that's a whole nother story I can cover in another day. But I don't think there's gonna be a one match prioritized the other. And if it is, I do think Juan Reynoso would be making such a fatal mistake by that point. But I just think the best way like Juan Reynoso can deal with it is just like treat both match equally as important. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, you have to treat every opponent as equal in strain or strain, even if it's against like let's say Ar like Argentina, the current world champions, or Brazil. Yeah, no, it's it's a really tough game. And you know, Ralph, I think looking into the the track record as well, you know, this is a Usually, when you look at it overall, it always goes back to history. Now, of course, Paraguay had really good history against Peru at home, but in recent times, they've actually failed to beat them. Like I said, the last time that they beat them in a in an official game was in 2012, so not 10 years, but 11 years. Uh, they lost in four. Uh, they lost four one in 2016, a, a really bad game in Asuncion, 
where uh, Peru obviously made it to their first World Cup since 1982. Then they drew in the last game that they took against each other in a qualifier at home, 2-2. So I think for them, and, you know, Rob, you can go and jump in, this is this is something that has to be a must-win, especially considering the fact that there are now two extra spots in this World Cup um, to uh, to qualify from South America. Yeah, that's right. Although I was just looking, and interestingly, Paraguay has played Peru twice outside of Asuncion in Paraguay. Uh, they played in Luque in 2014, and then in Pedro Juan Caballero in the Copa America in 99. And uh, Paraguay won both those games. So maybe this is some kind of masterstroke from, from Harrison moving the game to Ciudad del Este, but, but we'll see. Um, Renato, I wanted to ask you, I mean, so that record we're talking about, how Peru have done so well recently against Paraguay, but the, I think it's the last 10 games Paraguay haven't won, but nine of those, Gareco was in charge. And then I was looking who are the top scorers against Paraguay, and it's, it's Paulo Guerrero, it's Carrillo, and it's Lapadula. Three players who are not in the squad because for either retirement, age, injury, all those kind of things. So I was wondering, like, now we're in this transition, do you feel that Peru can continue? And, and if they can, who are going to be the danger players to look out for? So in regards to Paolo Guerrero and Andre Carrillo, um, right now it's actually certain that are actually going to be in the final squad. Um, that's going to be released as of this recording t- today. Um, since Juan Reynoso has so far released just only the players that are currently in Liga One, the local league, Peruvian league, and the, the players that are currently based abroad, such as Paolo, Andre Carrillo, Luis Advinco, and so and among others, they're going to be on the final list, but. In regards to Paolo Guerrero, um, it's kind of like a bit sad considering that an almost 40-year-old Paolo Guerrero is right now our, our best striker available considering that, unfortunately, Gianluca Lapadula is out with an injury. In fact, he won't be back until, like, I'd say November due to, I think, it was an ankle injury that he suffered, I guess, in a training session with Calgalari. I, on one hand, I do find it a bit upsetting that we, uh, our best striker right now is a 40-year-old Paolo Guerrero. And look, I love Paolo Guerrero. He is perhaps one of the best Peruvian like national team players or perhaps one of the best Peruvian players in the history of the country. But the fact that we like this country has to rely on Paolo, who is at the twilight of his career, like in January of 2024, he's going to be 40 years old. He's like the, like the clock is ticking for him. And and also the fact that his, his I'd say his knee is on on like straight up life support that if his knee gets broken, this is, you know, it's going to be over for him. But I know that he's taking great, great care of himself. Like if there's one thing I know about Paolo is that he will always give his best when a Peru shirt, and not just that he always gives like the leadership skills into the hierarchy that I'd say a national team would highly value, which is something I feel like the national team severely lacks even during like the last qualifiers where, where Paolo wasn't really as present, especially as I'd say in the playoff ma- in the playoff match versus Australia, where you can definitely tell Peru really didn't have like some like that locker room leader that they needed like to like to wake up the players. And that's what Paolo gives you. Um, but aside from Paolo, in terms of the strikers that now that Lapaduro is out, there's also Raul Ruiz Diaz. But if you know the story, Raul Ruiz Diaz, it's not good with the national team, like great with the clubs, but it's already coming out concerning right now that he is actually kind of at his, at, at his worst season with Seattle Sanders this year where he's not scoring as much. I argue the injuries last year with his, with the club has hurt him 
so much, especially also some personal issues at the same time. So even if Juan Reynoso calls him up, not only do you have to deal with the fact that he he's a, pretty much a ghost for the national team, but also that he's at the worst time for his club. But um, I could there's also like a like Mateus Sukar right now in playing for Carlos Manucci in Peru. Um, I wouldn't say he's like like a top scorer in like in the country, but he's decent. He has some experience abroad, and he not long ago when he was playing a Deportivo Municipal, um, Ricardo Gareca called him up to the national team. And also Alex Valera, the guy who missed the penalty versus Australia. But he's been, I'd say he's been decent so far for Universitario this season. Scoring 12 goals and also some in, like, I believe a few in Sudamericana. And he's already scored some goals with the national team already. So I argued that after Paolo, Alex Valera would be the second option. And I do wouldn't be surprised if Valera would be going back abroad by the end of the year since I, I've been hearing there's some clubs in the United States and Mexico are currently a problem for him, so it's a wait and see. But if you want to go more to the squad right now, um, we mentioned Andre Carrillo right now with the with the abundance of like players uh from like the top top European clubs and the top European players going to Saudi Arabia. Um, unfortunately, that also meant less space for Andre Carrillo at Al Hilal, and as you may know, he's now playing in like the second division of Saudi Arabia. Albeit, I don't, I forgot the name of the club, but he's getting paid pretty nicely there, so I can't really blame him for that part. But on one hand, I am a little upset that he has to go to play in the second division of Saudi Arabia. But at the same time, it's like at least like under Korea is still in like in great shape. Like Juan Reynoso knows what he can offer, and as long as long as he can definitely provide you a good performance with the national team, that's all that matters. I will say I will. I am getting a little concerned how, if he's going to be still playing as a right winger by, right now because I feel like with Andre Carrillo's recent recent matches with the national team, it's it's really not been good for him in terms of. I feel like he's lost his speed and stamina. I are I argue the best you can get him on the career right now is if you play it more as a midfielder, which is something that he was playing more when he when he was at Al Hilal as a recent. In terms of players, I feel like. Peru, um, Faro, I would have to watch out for is Brian Reyna of Alianza Lima. Now, okay, I believe Alianza Lima is a team that you can, many Comio Bell fans could be laughing at, but Brian Reyna, I'd say, is like one of the best wingers in like I think Peru has, has to offer right now. He's very explosive. He's fast. He can give a fullback such a such a hard time, and he could definitely try to reach a goal or try to like connect with a striker for an assist. Um, back Brian Reyna, like two few months ago, was the one that scored the the winning goal against South Korea. Really good goal, if you ask me. Um, another player that I feel like that's that's a newcomer, but I feel like that's absolutely gonna be on like the call up list for that's coming soon. It's gonna be Ju- Sporting Cristal's Joao Guimardo, the the new upcoming like sto- 2003 talent that's making headlines in Peru. Right winger, he. Very similar to Brian Reyna, but I do think that the one thing Guimardo has over Brian Reyna is being more, like, I think he reads the game better, like, not just that, he also offers, like, a lot of defensive support, like, he's not afraid, like, to come over, like, to to try to mark down his players, but also, like, he offers you a lot of speed and, like, I think, like, a lot of energy and spirit, so, and Juan Reynoso has already spoken highly about him, so I definitely expect to see him in, like, in the final list. 
And one incoming talent that's I think that's definitely has a high chance to be on the list is Universitarios Piero Quispe, another player that's been making a lot of headlines in the country. Um, if there's anybody that I think has have a great chance of succeeding Christian Cueva in the national team, it's it's Piero Quispe. I think he offers not only a lot of creativity, but he's also great on the ball. He also great off the ball and also with defensive support. Um, he's of course been scoring a lot. Like for Universitario as of late, and considering Christian Cueva's unfortunate poor level as of Alianza Lima recently, where you just feel like he's an absolute far cry from the player that Peruvians are just so used to seeing in the national team. Like there's even a debate of whether he should start or not for the qualifiers, or if he should just be on the bench, and if people would want to see someone like Biro Quispe start, which I I maybe could be a risky move considering that you're starting a player that's Barely has any matches with the national team, but has something that's very similar to Christian Cueva, or if not, people can say he can even be better than Cueva in the future, which I can definitely see that. But right now, like the squad, the national team is expected to be the same. You're expected to have your defenders, such as Anderson Santa Maria, Anderson, Alexander Gaians, although a few of them are currently a little concerning with their lack of game timing clubs, but we also got to consider that most of the seasons right now are just started, so things could change and all. I'd say right now the best Peruvian abroad that's currently in the best form is Luis Arvincula, who has been a key player for Boca Juniors this season. In fact, he is about to, he just made it to the semifinals with Boca as an undisputed starter. You know, like the midfield, I expect to be the same. Um, Renato Tapia, Pedro Aquino, Sergio Peña. Um, I expect also Jesus Castillo, who recently made a move to Gil Vicente, and he's already getting minutes for the club, the club in Portugal. So I definitely expect to be see him. There's also been some talks of Luis Iberico, um, the Melgar player who's recently moved to Riga and and Latvia. May sound like an exotic league, but the the team has been quite interesting, getting some talents from obscured countries, especially one player from Costa Rica that's been scoring quite a lot as a recent, but. I do think that there could be a chance that he could be, end up in the squad as well, since he's been he's been scoring for the national team, and he's also, if you case you don't know, he's actually been like considered like a high score when he was with the U teams of Peru, like scoring I think around ten or ten or more goals when he was with the U teams. So, I do I think there's the call up list is going to be like extraordinary in terms of like newcomers. I don't think so because I think Juan Reynoso still wants to keep it safe. You, this is the beginning of the qualifiers. You want to try to be a little conservative, but I do think there's could be at least two names or maybe a surprise that I might not know about that will be on the final list, but this is what I'm probably expecting. Nice, nice. So there's, it's interesting. There's a lot of new players coming through after Peru is now obviously in this transition, I guess, from that, that kind of golden generation that got them first to, to Russia. Um, just the last question I had from me is, one thing Paraguay struggled with a lot under Barosque Lotto is, is defending set pieces. Traditionally, I would I would suggest Peru is not a great team at exploiting that, but under a manager like Reynoso, who is a defender himself and is a bit more, I would say, focused on the organizational side of, of football, do you think that's somewhere that Peru might be able to, to exploit against Paraguay? Funny, the thing is with set pieces, is I argue set pieces is something that it's just a weird talk topic with Peruvians. Like it's like either they get scored on the last minute with a set piece or they just start struggling so bad to score against set pieces. Although I 
Yeah, I'm hearing talks that Reynoso is trying to improve on that aspect with like the defenders since a few of them are really are known to be good at scoring set pieces, specifically with Miguel Araujo, who is currently at Portland Timbers. Um, but when he was at FC Emin in the Netherlands, he most of his goals that were all from set pieces. In fact, I think most of like ninety percent of them were all from set pieces. And it might seem wild well, considering that Miguel Araujo is not really the most tallest defender. I think he's I believe he's five ten, which is definitely not not tall for a defender. But he he could definitely score you a set piece. Um, also there's Alexander Gaines who I believe also was good at set, scoring from set pieces when he was at New York New York City FC. Um. I do think though, if if Juan, maybe Juan Reynoso has some plan, like as you mentioned, Ralph, like Reynoso was a central defender himself, like he knows how it is, like to score from set pieces, like he he knows how it is actually to be a, like like someone that is part of the national team. And if you, the more I think about it, I think as much as I am a mixed bag with Juan Reynoso, I do think that's a pro of having a coach like Reynoso. Like he knows how it is to be a national team player. Like he's been capped so many times, even was a captain for the national team. Like, like you, if you have someone that knows how the life is of a national team player, especially for the country, they're, they're like coaching, like they will be able to relate so much and they, the players will be able to understand most of that of Juan Reynoso or someone that was in their shoes at one point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a it's a very important thing. And, you know, Renato, I think obviously this game is going to be intense for both sides, both of them wanting to win, both of them wanting to kick off their qualifiers with, you know, on the right foot. And I guess to call it up here, to finish it off here, we need your prediction. And, you know, there are no – you can't hide between this, man, so you got to choose. How do you see this Paraguay-Peru game happening next – well, not next Thursday, this Thursday happening in Ciudad Este? Oh, well, listen, coming up with predictions is hard because, listen, I am no fortune teller. It's like, especially with the, like, with Juan Reynoso's side, like, he can either, like, make it great or make it just terrible. But if I want to try to give, like, more realistic, I'd say maybe, hopefully, one, one nil for Peru if – if I have to be very honest. Maybe two if if there's a surprise coming in, but that's the prediction I want to give. No, I like it. I love that honesty. I mean, I mean that's that's the way that we feel about some of other teams. And you know, you have every right to feel about your team as well. So I'm I'm very much excited. Everyone else here is definitely looking forward to it. So firstly, after we uh, finish it off here, where can people find you, Renato? Where can people follow you? And of course get your insight on Peruvian soccer. Oh, definitely. So um you guys can follow me on, on uh, Renato underscore Sun at on Twitter. Um, this is it's more of a sporting freestyle fan account, so you could see some maybe some badly written Spanish since I have to use a like a keyboard or a voice recorder to write my tweets out. But right, unfortunately, while the, the account I'm gonna mention is currently inactive due to issues regarding on um, Twitter um accessibility with the password and all, you guys can also follow the Peru Waltz account at Peru Waltz on Twitter. It's um account that's heavily dedicated to um to Peruvian football in English. If I can't really get access back to the account, I may have to talk with um Peter and a few others um that are in charge of the account to see if I can maybe make open a new version of the account to start from scratch. Which definitely won't. It's never a bad idea to start from scratch. So you could definitely follow the Peru Waltz on Twitter if you want some insight on Peruvian football in English. Absolutely. Thank you so much for myself, Roberto Rojas. Fede Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna, thank you so much for listening to this preview episode of Peru heading into the 2026 World Cup qualifiers. See you soon.